Hi, I'm Attorney General Lawrence Wasden. I'd like to welcome you to Counsel for the State, a podcast produced by my office. Counsel for the State will shed light on my office, explain what we do, and discuss timely legal topics. Our aim is to increase transparency so constituents, journalists, and everyone with an interest in Idaho government can better understand how the Attorney General serves the state. With that, here is the Office of Attorney General Public Information Officer and Counsel for the State host, Scott Graff. Thank you very much, Attorney General Wasden. Hello and welcome to Counsel for the State. Thank you for downloading the podcast or listening online. A reminder that Counsel for the State is available at the AG's website, ag.idaho.gov, as well as through popular podcast outlets like iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music. In this, our second episode of the podcast, we're going to discuss two issues that seemingly affect every Idahoan, at least those of us who have a telephone. We'll be discussing robocalls, something Attorney General Lawrence Wasden has labeled a technological plague. We'll also be discussing what those robocallers are peddling, which almost always are scams. Joining me to talk about what you should be on the lookout for and how you can protect yourself is Brett DeLang. Brett is the chief of the Attorney General's Consumer Protection Division. Brett, welcome. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Also alongside is Brian Kane, the Assistant Chief Deputy in the Office of the Attorney General. Brian, welcome back to Council for the State. Thank you, Scott. All right. So, Brett, this may be asking, like asking, what exactly is water? Because probably most everybody understands at this point in time what a robocall is. But for those who may be tuning in and checking out the podcast who don't, what is a robocall? Robocall is a uh, a telephone call generated by a computer. It's, um, it's almost... Uh, highly unlikely there's even any human element in punching in the numbers it's it's just running through a database calling and then communicating more often than not a some sort of recorded message or interactive sort of process and who's doing it who is behind the technology and and pushing the buttons and making our phones ring well the universe is pretty broad there's there's political action groups. There's um, obviously there's a variety of marketing um, efforts, and there's a lot of criminals out there using robocalls as well. So you, you have a real milieu out there. If we were doing a podcast here in the AG's office ten years ago, uh, first of all, we would have been on the cutting edge of the podcast world, but we probably <laughs> wouldn't have been talking about robocalls. Why have these proliferated over the years? Well, technology um, continues to. Um, expand the databases have gotten larger the ability to call the uh, artificial intelligence of interacting with uh, callers allows the computer to know how to communicate um, it's it's just we're in a technological um, explosion when it comes to telecommunications and it's really cheap it's so cheap for these guys to sit back and and have their computer just roll away and making literally millions of calls every day and so, I, I would I would add that if it were 10 years ago, yes, we would have been on the cutting edge of podcasts, but we would not have been on the cutting edge of telephone solicitations. Um, Idaho is was a leader uh, in the area of the do not call list. And so folks used to use old auto dialers, um, and Idaho was one of the first states to adopt a no call list, um, which that uh, responsibility has been taken over by the FTC. But as Brett pointed out, the technology has advanced to the point now um, where the scaling 
of uh, auto dialing and robocalls uh, has just exploded. And really, um, when you think about it, it's it's all about volume because they're just looking for that live wire that's going to respond. And it's it only takes it's one like, in a thousand. It's like fishing. And the more cast you can throw your worm out into the water, the better chance you're going to have to catch a fish. Exactly. And, and the marginal costs of making these calls are virtually nil. So once you once you start calling... Um, it doesn't cost that hardly anymore to make another call. And it, what's the artificial intelligence is something that's really come on is computers now can can react uh, to what you say and respond accordingly with with a you know with a um, an electronic voice, but a voice that you think is human. But but they know how to the computer knows how to respond to almost whatever you say in response. And so you know there's no live people here. So there's no labor costs. It's just the computer, you know, working through its algorithms and seeing if they can't uh, hook you. Brian, you mentioned the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, and the do not call list. Uh, And, Brett, when we have these discussions about robocalls with folks, that is one of the first questions people have. Hey, I am on the do not call list. Why in the world does my phone continue to ring? That is a very good question. What's the answer? Well, fundamentally... um, the do not call list is a privacy sort of legislation. And um, surprising as it may be to some of us, there are legitimate telemarketers out there who do want to obey the law. And they do. And they, if your name number is on the do not call list, they're not going to call it. So uh, the do not call list is meant to reduce um, unwanted telephone calls. But it's not going to stop the con artist. And it's not going to stop the one who doesn't want to obey the law. And so in some ways, if, you, if you're on the do not call list and you're getting called and someone's trying to sell you something over the phone, that's a big red flag. These guys are crooks. They're not willing to obey the law. The second point is the do not call list doesn't prohibit a lot of robocalls. Robocalls, you know, during the political season, we get eight gazillion calls advocating this policy position or that candidate. The do not call list doesn't stop those calls. It only stops uh, trying to sell you something. So, or, or, or solicit a charitable donation. So those sorts of things where it's a survey, you know, or it's vote for this, uh, do not call us, doesn't apply to that. So there's two, you know, two parts. Some of it is these guys are calling, they're crooks. They're not going to obey the do not call law. And secondly, a lot of these robocalls, at least, they're, you know, they're just advocating some sort of political or other sort of policy position. And the do not call us d- doesn't apply to that. I got two phones sitting in front of me. We'll play some uh, voicemails that I have kept. Um, and I would guess probably, what, 50 50 that the phone actually rings while we're taping the podcast here. <laughs> sure. Scam call the over under. Over Brian, <laughs> Brian was in my office a few days ago and we were talking about uh, the things that we would like to touch on in this podcast. And I had to say, oh, excuse me. And I had to reach over and, and mute my phone because I was getting a, a robocall from Fort Mill, South Carolina. So, um, Brian, one of the, the pieces of audio. Um, that we will play um, you sent from from a family member I believe had forwarded it to you Um, who gets these calls so I think that um, just about everybody gets these calls but I think that they they kind of target folks and they're looking at specific demographics Um, and so with this first example I think that you'll it'll be evident once you hear the the call uh, who they're targeting um, and so let's let's hear the audio, and then we can talk about that. Social security number has been suspended because there's illegal enforcement actions filed on your social security number for fraudulent activities. 
Kindly call back at the earliest possible on our number before we begin with the legal proceedings. The number is 3103598. So as you can tell, um, this is a number, this is a scam that they're trying to target folks uh, using their social security numbers. Uh, and a lot of times, uh, these will target folks that are that may be eligible or may fall into a demographic that's eligible for certain government benefits because the social security number is tied to that. Um, but there are a couple of things that really jump out at you when you hear that call. Um, number one, uh, your social security number doesn't get suspended, right? That's just something that doesn't happen. You, you're assigned a social security number at birth. It is yours for the entirety of your life. Um, and it, there's nothing that says, oh, your social security number is suspended and you're not going to be able to use it anymore. Uh, number two, uh, a lot of times when the government is taking an action against you, they don't call you. You're going to receive a letter in the mail. It's going to be by certified mail, depending on, on the program. Um, and it's not your Social Security number that's going to be suspended. It's going to be a specific benefit of some sort, meaning you will get a letter that says Medicare. Uh, your eligibility for Medicare is in question or something to that effect, not uh, your Social Security number. And I think the other telltale there is the voice recording. How many legitimate phone calls from the government, from law enforcement, somebody in an actual official capacity have you ever received that had a a computer-generated message? I I can't think of one. The con artist knows there's an asymmetrical relationship here. They know who you are. You have no idea who they are. And they're preying, hopefully, upon someone's fear of, I can't afford to lose my Social Security, I better do something. Or, or maybe, you know, maybe we'll talk about a couple of these others. Maybe this really is the jury commissioner, and I forgot to go in and, and be a juror, and, and I don't want to get in trouble with, you know, the sheriff. Um, the, the, the message we have to tell people is you cannot respond to someone who calls you because you just don't know who it is. They may say they're the IRS. They may say they're the jury or the sheriff or the power company. They're not. You know, if you have any concern at all, you hang up the phone. You don't even respond to them. And then if you want to call, call, call Idaho Power or call the Ada County or, or the whatever county, you know, jury commissioner and find out for sure. But you cannot respond to these phone numbers because you don't know who they are. And that maybe is a segue in. You may think you know because you've got caller ID and it shows a Idaho area code, a 208. They're, more likely than not, that's been spoofed. It's a fake number. It has nothing to do with where the call came from. And I bet that Social Security call that we just got, I bet that one came out of India. Is that right? Yeah. That's a popular place. Oh, them. yeah. Uh, they, they have technological infrastructure there and really cheap um, operations to, to operate there. Many of the largest IRS scams have originated out of India. Brett relayed a really important tip in there for folks, and that is never call back the number that they leave you. Never call that number back. It's the same as, um, if you remember, the online um, banking scams, right? Never use the link that is provided within the email. Go independently to your bank's login. Um, and it's the same thing. Go look up the number to the county or the Social Security Administration or whoever it is that they're claiming to be. Um, 
because if you call the number back, you're hooked. Yep. And we will. We'll spend uh, most of the second half of the podcast today talking about some of the specific scams and what to do to, to protect yourself. But uh, returning to the topic of of robocalls. Brett, uh, you've done a lot of media interviews on this particular topic and talk about how you conduct your business on the phone when a call like this comes in. I would, I would like you to share that for folks. I just don't answer the call if it's a phone number that shows up on my phone. Um, that's the unfortunate place we find ourselves in. But if, um, if I get a phone call and a name doesn't show up, that means it's not recognized in my contacts on my phone. And that means I don't know who's calling me. And that number is not reliable. I don't know that that really is a 208 number. Now, I recognize for some persons, some small, you know, perhaps if you're a business person or, or, or there may be circumstances where you, you, you may feel like you have to answer the call. Then you have to answer the call. But at least for the DeLang family, if, if, uh, if it's just a phone number, we don't even answer the phone. If it's important enough, they'll leave a message, and then we can decide whether to return the call or not. Um, but um, you know, because we just don't know who's calling us, and the ability technologically now, they call it spoofing, but putting fake phone numbers in your caller ID... I don't have enough information to know who I'm dealing with, and the chances are I could get my, you know, it's just a waste of my time at the very best, and maybe worse. So the Delane family, we don't answer the phone if, if it's only a phone number that shows up. I was in the office uh, yesterday actually talking about uh, our, our podcast coming up, uh, the taping today, and the staff member I was talking to, her phone started ringing, and she said, oh, hold on, I'm calling myself. And she was being very, very sarcastic, but what she meant was, on her personal cell phone was a call that showed her <laughs> phone number calling her phone number. And of now, course, it that's was a, probably a junk means call. the telemarketer's really mad that the algorithm did that because that, that's not that's not being sneaky enough, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I, people, General Watson has exactly right. This is a plague. Um, the best reports that I've seen are that Idahoans last year received 250 million robocalls. And if you consider a population of 1.5 million, you know, you do the math, we're all getting blizzarded by these calls. And it's something we, we need to have a plan in place. You know, some, it may be a little bit different depending on who you are, but for example, like I said, the DeLang family, if it's a phone number, we don't answer it. Um, you know, and so like the dentist office called me yesterday. It wasn't a phone number. I, my my contacts recognized, so I didn't answer it. They left a voice message and said, hey, remember your cleanups next week. And I went, oh, yeah, okay, good. Now, if I want to, I can add them to a contact list in the future. But that's, you know, we just don't answer the phone. Um, I think people will find there's a lot of peace if they just choose that sort of strategy. Now, you may have to have a different strategy. Some of us, because of our, our work working conditions or others, have to answer the call. Um, and so then they maybe need additional strategies. For example, whatever you do, don't give them anything confidential over the phone. Personally identifiable information, account numbers. Um, you, you're just inviting real disaster if that happens. Um, but people, you know, we, you know, 250 million calls, we can't ignore. We, we need to have some strategies in place to protect ourselves and our families and making sure our parents understand this, our, our, um, our children understand this, you know, so that, you know, we, we can do the best to, to protect ourselves. And one step I have taken is to, and you sort of touched on this, is to expand my contact list. I put people in now that might only call 
two or three times a year, but it could be an important call. Uh, we have an older neighbor in the neighborhood who sometimes needs a hand every now and then. And I've, mm-hmm. I've gotten to the point where I recognized his number, but I needed to put it in my phone. So I recognize it every single time in case I needed to quickly help or right. there was an emergency, in a, you know, a pharmacy or a dentist or a doctor. So you can pick That's up those calls if you, if you need to. Brian, I don't know if this is something you want to tackle or not, but, but uh, Attorney General Wasden and other state AGs are taking some steps here uh, to try and urge the federal government to begin chipping away at this and sort of leveling the playing field. What kind of steps are they taking? So um, currently right now we're, we're joining in with other states uh, to ask the FTC um, to take a closer look at some of this activity and what it can do to, to regulate it. Um, particularly in the area of robocalls um, and a number of unsolicited sort of phone call areas. Uh, the the challenge is, is that, you know, for a lot of this conduct, as Brett alluded to, alluded to um, it originates in foreign countries. And sometimes there are foreign countries where it can be kind of hard to find people. Um, and so I think that, you know, yes, we're working with the FTC, but this might be a, a bigger problem. Uh, than, than asking for government to necessarily solve it. We may be, have to be part of the solution and an active part of that solution as well. I've had some um, some pretty vigorous conversations with some fellow Idahoans about this over the last while. Of why aren't you throwing them in jail or, or whatever? And I wish we could, but this is a technological um, issue as much as anything, and it cries out for a national solution, and that's why General Wasden... Um, you know, has has announced. You know, has has taken the the steps he's to try to push the FCC to make this a much higher priority on their on their on their list of things to do in terms of maybe cutting down on this spoofing, maybe um, having some uh, better tools that the technological you know that um, the telecommunications companies can uh, better identify where some of these th- calls are coming from or being able to block sorts of types of calls. We've got a lot to do. And, uh, and and maybe there's you know there's certainly a place for the, the attorney general in terms of enforcement, but we're not going to win this without um, some some technological solutions uh, to what we're facing. And I think I think it's important to note that you know at the state level, yes, we can communicate with the FCC and and advise them kind of as as far as generally what we're seeing. Um, but consumers, I mean, the citizens of Idaho have the ability to directly file complaints with the FCC. Um, and I think that that's one of the things to always keep in mind is that uh, the attorney general can look at this big picture, but the constituents within Idaho, our citizens, um, it's important for them to make these complaints to the FCC so they know uh, what exactly is affecting uh, each of us with regard to these calls. And if you go to the FCC website, uh, they actually have a fairly easy-to-find complaint form, uh, and I would recommend folks that are getting these calls to make those complaints. So be skeptical. When the phone rings, instead of assuming it's a legitimate call, you almost have to, to position yourself 180 degrees differently and assume it's it, it could be a robocall or likely is. Uh, put numbers in your phone as contacts. Uh, that helps you know, of course, who's calling. Brett, one thing we talk about, um, especially with, with older folks who may not be as technologically savvy, um, for those of us who are, are sort of in, our, I guess, our middle years, I hate to say that, but um, um, and we have older parents, we should have these conversations and, and uh, help educate them as they tend to be sort of the more vulnerable and most easily duped in our society, right? Well, I, yes. Th- this is, you know, it's, it's that proverb, it's going to take a village 
It's going to take a village in helping, um, you know, uh, family members uh, understand, you know, this 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 brave new world we're in. I consider myself one of the least technological savvy persons in the office, um, and I've had a lot to learn. Now, one of the things I've done learned is. I, I gotta quit trying to be skeptical and just not answer the phone. <laughs> you know, that's maybe that's an oversimplistic sort of response. But we need to um, teach and share um, our experiences with family, um, older parents, but younger teenagers, and, and everywhere in between of you know this brave new world we're living in that you know has its pitfalls. And um, you know, it, it's a cliche, but an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure when it comes to these technological sort of issues we're, we're talking about. Well, and I think there is, I mean, as Brett highlighted, there's a generational issue, right? Um, there, are, there are a lot of us that when the phone rings, we answer it. Right. Um, and that's just, how it's always been. That's it's, how it's we've always done been it. that way. And why would somebody call us if they didn't have a legitimate purpose for calling us? Mm-hmm. Um, that world has evolved, um, and it's evolved generationally. Uh, if you look at younger folks now, they don't answer the phone. And I mean, I, I'm sure that several of our listeners have called somebody and received a text in response that said, were you trying to call me, for example? <laughs> mm-hmm. And the answer is, well, wasn't the phone call obvious enough? But apparently, <laughs> right, right. Apparently, apparently our younger generation is already protecting themselves against these calls by sending the checkup message of, were you actually trying to call me? <laughs> I was trying to think as we prepped for this, have you ever in your lives remembered a, a, such a technological disadvantage where you know, something like this, and especially in terms of our privacy, was so one-sided. We just don't, as consumers, have a way really to protect ourselves outside of just not answering the phone call. Well, it, it this this has evolved. You know, I started in the office 28 years ago, and at, the, at that time, telemarketers would call you. And, and even then, you're at a significant disadvantage because you really don't know who's calling on the other end. And then when they tell you, they sound like it sounds like a great name. You know, this is so and so from I don't know, Save the Whales. And you're like, well, that sounds like a good thing to do. You don't know that. Right. And then they they claim, you know, your donation will help save the whales. Well, you really don't know that. We we need to understand these asymmetrical relationships better. Um, technology has changed, but but the the core problems underneath it. Um, not knowing really who you're dealing with, not really knowing what they're going to do, um, it, it ha, has has remained, and and that's you know, and that's you know, increased in, in a variety of ways with the technological advancements that have been um, achieved. But fundamentally, we need to you know, we need to understand they're pushing us to do something quick. Because time is our benefit. It's if they can get you to be fearful of a IRS, then you act hastily. If they think you're worried about the jury or or your Social Security card, they think you know it, the, these sort of things have been with us for quite a while. They may evolve in different manifestations, but um, you know that's what we're dealing with. I'm hoping in our capitalist society that somebody who's really smart uh, can figure out a way to, to maybe sell an app, and maybe we have to subscribe to it for 4 or $5 a month, but I think I'd be probably well, be the first be in line. Yeah, that, well, exactly, right? Everybody, it's so a there, universal problem. There are problem. some apps out there that purport to do that. I don't know what the effectiveness of it is. Um, and even as you look at the different evolutions of, for example, the iPhone, 
Um, you know, they're getting, as Brett uh, mentioned earlier, when, when you start thinking about artificial intelligence, you know, the phone, the, the iPhone, for example, and I'm sure that the Android as well does this, um, but it's saying, do you want to block this caller when you get a phone call from an unknown number? Right. Um, and then I think it also, to some degree, is, is getting to the point where it starts generating kind of auto block lists. Uh, and I think that that's, so you're right on the right track, right? We're can we keep up with how the, the robocallers and the scam artists are evolving? And can who's going to stay ahead within this kind of cat and mouse game that, as Brett noted, you know, it's been going on. I mean, this goes all the way back to snake oil salesmen, right? And can well, we it used to be, you know, the man from River City had to come to your hometown to sell the snake oil, right? But fundamentally, he doesn't have to come to your town anymore. He can sit back in the Caribbean and, and make phone calls. Um, and he's taken advantage of some of the cultural things that, you know, you two were talking about. Some of us were just used to answering the call. Well, and many of us, we're, when we say we're not interested, we wait for the other side to hang up. Well, they're not going to hang up. Right. In fact, we did have a lawsuit against one telemarketer, and we subpoenaed their, their training manuals. And one of the training manual things said, whatever you do, never hang up the call. Never take no for an answer. Just keep going. The longer you keep somebody on the phone, the more likely well, they said, are. Well, it said, you know, if you can go through five no's, you'll probably make a sale. So these people are not, they're trained not to be polite. They're trained not to hang up. They're, they're you know, they're preying upon people's, you know, sense of decency that most people are like, well, I've told them no, now it's his or her turn to hang up. Well, they're not going to. There's nothing wrong with hanging up on a scammer who's trying to get into your And there's nothing wrong in answering. You know, there's certainly not, there's nothing wrong in hanging up. There's nothing wrong in just not answering. It's your time. It's your phone. You don't have to answer. Just because someone calls you doesn't mean you have to answer it. Well, and plus they're trying to scam you. So exactly. What what, uh, common courtesy do they deserve at that point? Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about something that is very closely related to robocalls, and that, of course, are the scams that once they have you, they are trying to, to pitch you on. Um, a lot of these, Brett, are, we, we've touched on this a little bit, they're called imposter scams. What is exactly an imposter scam? Well, they're purporting to be someone of authority. Um, the, some, of the, some of the ones that have made their way most recently that we've, you know, the, well, we just finished the tax season, the IRS scam. That one has been around a long time. It must be successful. These crooks don't do something unsuccessful, and it's not going away. And it's, you know, pretending to be the IRS. And taxes are so complicated these days. You know, who doesn't think, oh, maybe I did mess up on my, you know, you know maybe I did mess up my taxes some, and, and I'm short. I guess, and who wants to deal with the IRS? No one does. You know? So some of us, again, saying, oh, I'll just get rid of it. Because they're not going to ask for a lot a lot of money. They're going to ask for 800 bucks, 900 bucks, which I, that's a lot for some. But, but you know, we're not talking thousands, thousands. But they know they can get so many people that have forked over 900 bucks. They've made a good killing for the day. So... Uh, it, it, it could be the power, you know, power company. We're going to turn your utilities off. You didn't pay your bill in time. Or it could be another one I think is pretty nefarious is the jury commissioner one where you didn't show up for jury service. And, you know, we all could probably think, gee, maybe I threw that out. And as I thought it was maybe I threw that envelope out when I was throwing, you know, throwing away all the other, you know, mail. And I overlooked it. And, man, maybe I was supposed to be. no. Jury commissioner's not going to call you up and demand money 
for not showing up. You'll, you'll get a writing if that really is the case. But, you know, again, if you're concerned enough, you can call. But these are, again, then, they're scams pretending to be someone else that they're not, and generally someone in authority to do something bad to you, whether it's arrest or shutting off your utilities or freezing your computer or something like that. We have another example here. 24 working hours. And once it get expired after that, you will be taken under custody by the local cops, as there are four serious allegations pressed on your name at this moment. We would request you to get back to us, so that we can discuss about this case, before taking any legal action against you. The number to reach us is 786 so obviously another telltale sign there that was a recorded voice computer generated yeah, that's, you could and someone referring to law enforcement as the cops yeah that, that, that to me sounded like something that was that's coming out of india yeah. i mean you know some of their english perhaps gives some of them away most of them know but you know cops that that's a but that's a i mean there there are several kind of telltale signs there right you've got a computer generated voice i mean it's very clearly that that voice very clear that that voice is automated um and if you receive that call in idaho for example um google the area code right when they give you the number uh if you google the 786 area code referenced in that it goes to florida and so if you've got an idaho problem why would florida be calling you that makes no sense um, and I think that, you know, one of the things to, to be aware of is that, as, as Brett alluded to, it may be originating in India, and they've spoofed a Florida right. area code. I, I, um, that's probably think, what's happened. And, and I think that's the, the other key here. And, you know, in these sorts of things, you don't receive phone calls from the government. Usually you receive letters or notices from the government. It's, it's rarely, if ever, a phone call. And and if a phone call occurs, it's because you have already initiated some process that was originated through a letter or a notice. Um, the IRS is a perfect example. If you mess up on your taxes, you will get a letter from the IRS saying, this is the mistake you made on your taxes. Here is the amount you owe. And here is the process if you disagree with what we say about your taxes. And sometimes, in fact, Brett, one of our most recent press releases on this particular topic was, you know, the, the scams come in over the phone, but sometimes they also show up in the mailbox. We say, you know, the government will contact you in writing via the mail, and scammers now sometimes will send fraudulent mailings. We had uh, taxpayers, I believe, in Kamii and Middleton recently who received uh, fraudulent tax uh, information they were you know smart enough to to reach out i think perhaps over the telephone and call uh, the local county people or the state people and say do you know is this legitimate and of course it was not and they saved themselves a whole lot of angst but the point being it's not just phone uh, you have to be skeptical when you go to the mailbox as well i think that's right um you know it's the unfortunate world we live in it's a, it, and it's a global one and um you know there's Bottom line is there's organized, very sophisticated, organized criminal organizations um, that that are making a lot, a lot of money. I mean, they wouldn't be doing this if, if they weren't making money. And um, they're very sophisticated in the sort of computers, the algorithms, the artificial intelligence they use. Um, and so, you know, our, 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 our best defense is, is, is not acting hastily. You know, for the calls, you can choose whatever, but if you just don't answer it. But, you know, if you get something in writing, you can take the time to call up 
the Idaho State Tax Commission or the county, you know, if depending and saying, I got this letter. What's this all about? And let them tell you. Um, you don't want to call the number that's on the mailing necessarily because no, right. because that probably is a bogus number if it's a if it's a fraudulent mailing so so again an imposter scam when someone contacts you pretending to be somebody else it could be uh there's the grandparent scam of course the irs scam social security number scam idaho power other utilities um be on the lookout be very skeptical if you get uh, a contact from the power company saying we're going to turn off your your power unless you immediately uh, pay us and this is another thing in the form of a very peculiar form of payment yeah like an itunes card yeah when have you ever paid a legitimate <laughs> bill with an itunes card it's that pre, or a prepaid visa card you just don't do that right? no you don't that's a I mean, another one is microsoft people purporting to be from microsoft and saying we've detected that your computer's got a virus or something and let us fix it for you um you know that's they're just crooks and one more will quickly uh briefly mentioned before we wrap up here the new uh, one ring phone scam this is proliferating the ftc is warning folks nationwide about this uh, scammers will use international numbers from regions that also begin with three digit codes 232 goes to sierra leone 809 for instance goes to the dominican republic um, what happens is your phone rings one time and then it stops and their goal the scammer's goal is to get you to call back and when you do that, if you do that, you risk being connected to a phone number outside the U.S. You may be charged a large fee for connecting, uh, along with the significant per-minute fees that go with those calls sometime. And then they, uh, they try and keep you on the phone uh, to run up your bill. Variations of this scam rely on phony voicemail messages urging you to call a number with an unfamiliar area code to, quote, collect a prize or to notify you about a sick relative. Again, preying on our emotions. We right. care about our sick relatives. And, we want to win a prize. And preying upon, you know, I don't know how many people know that we have area codes that cover virtually the entire Caribbean. We have area codes for other foreign lands. And those countries may have phone rates, particularly international, that are very, very expensive. And so, again, they're, they're hoping that there's some enough courteous Idahoans out there that they see a number and they go, oh, I better call back and find out what this is all about. Just don't do it. If, if, it's, if they're not willing to give you a voice message, there's no reason to call right. back a number that just, right. you know, that glipped. I, I, got called from, I, I got a call from Egypt uh, last week. Um, at least the area code said it was from Egypt. I'm not calling it back. Right. You know, they didn't, leave, they didn't leave a message. And it's like... There's no one in Egypt I need to call. and uh... Perhaps your sarcophagus is ready. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> the, uh, but, but I think that, I mean, when you look at this, again, they're kind of looking at what our tendencies are uh, nowadays as cell phone users. And, and I'll admit, uh, at times I'm cursed with fat thumbs and I'll misdial a number. Uh, and I can't tell you the number of times that I've misdialed a number, recognized it, but still received a call back from the misdialed number saying, were you trying to reach me? And I'll say, oh, sorry, I dialed a wrong number. Um, and I think that it's one of those things that we have innately started to do is, oh, I missed a call, so I'm going to call back and see what's up. Well, when you call back these numbers, um, you're essentially dialing back a um, pay phone call. Um, and so that's and, and when you look at if you if you if you're ever curious as to whether or not you've fallen victim to one of these inadvertently, um, take a look at your phone bill. 
um, because this will show up on your phone bill likely under the heading of premium services or overseas or international calls uh, or something to that effect. And then you'll be able to look at your bill and say, oh, yikes, I need to I need to not answer my phone anymore. And I definitely don't want to start calling people back. Gentlemen, we are out of time. Uh, parting words uh, of advice, Brett DeLang. Well, it's a brave new world. That doesn't mean we can't protect ourselves. And Idahoans are getting better and better at at learning some things that will you know, each one of us might be a little different, but there are things we can do to reduce and, or eliminate you know the sort of risks that we're talking about. We urge families, you know, meet together in your families to figure out best strategies for yourself. Talk to your parents, talk to your children, um, and and some of this is just common sense, but it needs to. It can't just be mentioned maybe once or twice, but you know, ongoing conversations. Brian. Um, yeah, just picking up on that. I mean, I think the, the best advice that we can offer is be skeptical. If you don't recognize a number, don't answer it. Uh, if you get a phone call from somebody purporting to be the government, um, check that out. You know, it's probably not the government that's calling you. It's someone else. Uh, and then finally, guard, guard yourself and guard your fellow citizens. Whenever you become uh, aware of these sorts of phone calls, um, make the complaint to the FCC and get that information out there um, so that other folks can benefit from it. And uh, hopefully we can get the tools necessary to go after these folks and, and hopefully get some peace and quiet at the dinner table. And one thing I would say, you know, part of my job is distributing information to press. Keep an eye on, on local press and statewide press here in the state of Idaho because that's one of the main avenues for, for finding out uh, the latest uh, scams that may be affecting Idahoans. Great uh, online resources at the ftc.gov website and FCC. Gov as well. Brian Kane is the Assistant Chief Deputy here in the Office of the Attorney General. Brian, thank you for your time today. Thank you. And Brett DeLang, Chief of the Attorney General's Consumer Protection Division. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for joining us for Council for the State. Remember, Council for the State will be archived at ag.idaho.gov. Each episode is also available through popular podcast outlets like iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music. See you next time. <laughs>